With your host, Ian Ferguson and Ricky Ventures, it's time for the STEM Dialogue, the podcast that exposes students to the world of science, technology, engineering, and math in a new light. Hey, what's going on, world? This is Ricky Ventures, and uh, I have here... Ian Ferguson. Yeah, Ian Ferguson. Yeah, we coming to you today live with the STEM Dialogue. We got a lot in store for you guys today, man. We got a a good friend of mine coming. He's going to be a guest on the show to talk about a little bit what he does. But before we get into that, man, we just want to share with you something that we saw in the STEM world today. There's something new that we saw in the STEM world today. You guys mind if we do that? Yes, sir. All right, let's 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 go. So, uh, so pretty much what we today, what I want to talk about is, I had a chance to go to NASA today at the Goddard uh, Space Center in Maryland, Bowie, Maryland, or Largo, Orlando, wherever they, wherever they're located. Greenbelt. Greenbelt. There we go. Greenbelt. <laughs> yeah. So we got a chance to go to NASA today, take a couple of our students from our nonprofit inventors, and oh, it was amazing. Uh, they were kind enough to give us a tour around their facilities, and and of course we saw some great things. We saw the Hubble telescope. I mean, it the, the pictures that the Hubble telescopes has has been taken over the years. They told us that it's been up there for around twenty five years, and just the images that it shows, man, like. The so pictures are, are crazy. I mean, an artist could not even fathom, you know, painting some of these these photos, man, that this telescope has captured. And now the craziest part was now is that they're developing a new telescope called the James Webb Telescope. Now, this telescope, let me give you, put it in perspective for you. So the Hubble Telescope is located 350 miles away from the Earth right now. That's where it's uh, orbiting. Now, the new telescope that they're developing, they're launching that out and setting that one million uh, miles away from the Earth's surface. Yeah, so imagine the type of photos and images that they're going to be capturing from this new telescope. I mean, we got a chance to see how it was being designed. It has gold-plated shields on it. Um, It has some special technology protecting it from the heat of the sun. And, and from the Earth, even though they're a million miles away, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know he transferred that much or that is that sensitive. They said they're locating it in an area where it's negative 400 degrees. I was like, wow, that is crazy. So, man, there's a lot of exciting things going on over there, man. They, they blew our minds. They definitely talked at a high level, man. We had to break some things down to the students, but the students had a great time. Had a really, really great time. But uh, go ahead, Ian, man. Introduce hey, our guest Rick, today. I wanted to, uh, you uh, mentioned you took uh, the Inventors nonprofit to uh, NASA today. Tell, tell the people a little bit about what Inventors is. So Inventors is a nonprofit, and what we do is focus on building up the minority presence in the STEM industry. So what we do for Inventors is we take a group of middle school, middle school age students, and we meet with them every week, expose them to different things in the STEM world. Uh, we Right now, we're currently doing a, a project with them where they're designing a rec center, and uh, they're having a great time man you know it's amazing when these kids start off knowing nothing about uh architecture nothing about engineering nothing about just environmental things and now they're just they're just grasping grasping this stuff and i remember one student said to me a couple weeks ago he said hey you know what I'm gonna take this design. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna build this building one day, and I just that was just like, yeah, we're getting through. But you know what? I, I was thinking about this past weekend with them designing our rec center, and 
They, uh, especially the girls, not most. One of the girls already has this doubt in her mind that it's too much for her, mm. even after all the progress that they made. Because we're designing, we're you know they're drawing up uh, how their floor plan is going to look for the project, and while she's doing her measuring, she says. I'm not no scientist. I don't know how to do none of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> and you, she already put it away. First of all, we're not even doing science work. Mm. You know, but she's already trying to put it away that this is something she can't do. So hearing her say that just lets me know this is exactly why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. Because that mentality that made her make that comment is the same mentality that, you know, the rest of the 10 to 14-year-olds in the generation are thinking, especially in the uh, minorities. Uh, and that's why we don't see them in the field. Yep. So right we got to, I mean, that's why we're doing what we're doing. You know, it keeps us motivated. Right about it, right. man. One last thing we'll say on this before we bring our guest on is that, you know, one thing that really drives us in this uh, nonprofit is, you know, we're in the industry and we don't see too many minorities, you know. Um, based on where you are in, in whatever city or whatever um, state you're in, yeah, you may see more minorities in a, in a segregated area. But... If you look at the the larger picture, man, I was at a conference a couple weeks ago, and at the conference it was around three thousand people there, and I can only count with, with my with my in my one hand how many minorities I saw at the conference. So you know, it, this is this is something that is is nationwide that we're we're going against, and something that we're really trying to build up. And you know, it starts from where, like you said, Ian. You know, they have that mentality that they can't do it. You know, so we're trying to bring them bring a new life to them, man. We're trying to show them like, hey, you know, you can do it. You know, you don't have to be the smartest. You don't got to be the brightest. You know, you don't have to be the, the best scientist out there, the best mathematician out there, the best engineer. No, you just got to be you. And in being you, there's a space for you in this field. You know, so that's the kind of hope we're right. trying to share for them. But uh, yeah, man, let's go in and let's introduce our guest for the night, Mr. Donnie, Donnie Ard, man. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, man. We, uh, What's going on? What's he, going on? Man, Donnie, I ain't gonna lie. I thought your last name was just a nickname on a Skype name. <laughs> hey, trust me. I got that all through growing up, brother. <laughs> got so many jokes on my last name. <laughs> all right. <laughs> See, look at you. You already got jokes right now. But it's okay. Oh, man. So, Donnie, Donnie, man, tell us a little about yourself, Man. Oh, my name is Donnie Art. I'm from Louisiana, uh, born and raised in Hammond, grew up in Grambling. Um, if you know Grambling State University, that's pretty much where I was. I grew up in that area, uh, the, the home of the great Grambling State uh, marching band. So uh, big ups to H, the uh, historically black college and university or Grambling State University. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so I'm one of four children. Uh, I got an older brother, two younger sisters. Uh, and I grew up in a home where education was, uh, I want to say, it, it was, we knew we were going to college. Mm, mm, so mm. that's how I can put it. Nice. Um, both parents were, uh, my mom was is an educator. My dad was a businessman, accountant. Actually, worked. they both worked at Grandma State University. And uh, uh, growing up, it was, you know, education was very important to my parents. They knew that was the ticket for us. Mm. Um, and that's what they, they strive for us to, to exceed in. And, um, you know, and not to brag, but, you know, I got a brother that's a doctor. I got my, I'm a PA. 
my sister's there that's under me. She's a dentist. And then I have my other sister who the only one that didn't go into health care. That's uh, an accountant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we uh, grew up, had a good time and having people always over our house. And um, I went to Oakwood College when I got out of high school. Oh, you. Yeah. Oh, you. I know it's OC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big ups to OC, <laughs> but definitely Oakwood University now. Mm-hmm. And and after going to Oakwood. Um, what uh, year was that? I was there uh, from 95 to 99. Woo! Yeah. So. And I was born in 93. <laughs> ah. Well. <laughs> well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, you were only six years old when I finished. <laughs> so, but that's all right. That's all right. But, yeah, so I went to Oakwood, and after Oakwood, I stayed stayed in uh, Oakwood, in Huntsville, for a couple of years and worked for an ambulance company. Mm-hmm. And that was actually something I had always wanted to do was be an EMT. Um, so, not... I mean, I knew it would help me get to where I wanted to go, but if you ever have something that you want to do in life, no matter what you think, how small it may be or how big it is, you can do it. Now, I wanted to be an EMT. Uh, so, Ian, you wouldn't know this show. It was called Rescue 911. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The show yeah, actually was canceled that. before you were born. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's how old the show is. But, I and I also had a neighbor who was a firefighter. So, when I was in college, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be like my brother. I'm going to go to medical school. It was not for me. But I did know I wanted to be in the medical field. So how did I went, you know that? Oh, what made you think that? Yeah, yeah. It was it's just just the fact of, you know, seeing the show Rescue 911. Oh. Um that you know, I knew that was a stepping stone to get into the medical field and being able to help people in 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 medicine. I just for me I knew being a doctor wasn't the way I was supposed to go. And I know I found that out probably like my sophomore year in college. Now a question for you, like did you sure. know that there were any other option than just being a doctor or being a nurse? Like did you know that like what you do now, did you know about it? And that's a good question because um actually it was I did not know about it. Um, what I did know is when I was researching EMTs and how to become an EMT and what to do, um, at the end of it, they always gave this synopsis of what EMTs or nurses did after their career and what, how they furthered their career. And one of the things that kept popping up was physician assistant, physician assistant. So I researched, I was like, what is a physician assistant? And when it boils down to it, you are a doctor without the name and in some cases without the same pay. But you do the same thing. I was like, oh, okay. So 
fortunately, when I was uh, once I got my EMT license and out in the medical, you know, helping people with my ambulance, you know, you run into doctors, nurses, and and fortunately, I ran into a PA, and I asked them, I say, hey. What do you do? And they actually were um, a PA in internal medicine. Mm. And they ran down everything they did. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Yeah. I said, I said, what? I asked them, I said, why didn't you go to medical school? And I was like, it wasn't for me. And they kept saying, this is where I feel I can do the most for patients and for people. Wow. I said, okay. Wow. So I even spoke to my brother about it. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a great feel. And um, he said, you know, that's something that you should look into and doing more research and eventually applying and getting into school. um, I found that it was tough. You know, it is it pretty much is medical school on an accelerated rate Mm. at an accelerated rate. So and that's and it all comes from the profession, how it was born in in the mid 1960s. There was a shortage of physicians, so they needed to get people trained quickly. They can do the same thing physicians did. And there you go. You had a PA that was born. All right. So, yeah, real quick, I got a question for you. So um, you said that, you know, growing up, you wanted to be in the medical field. Right. Mm -hmm. you said that your a lot of your your siblings, well, all your siblings have. It's from what, if I remember correctly, you said all of them are doing something in the medical field, right? Yeah, my brother was uh, my older brother is a doctor, yeah. so he pretty much for for me, I, that's where I had my eyes set on mm-hmm. um, following his path. Yeah. And and actually, I actually did a rotation. I wouldn't say a rotation. I did an internship one summer. Um, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. uh, uh, coming or actually going into my first year of college, I did an uh, internship in the ER. Mm-hmm. So I just followed uh, some physicians in the ER, and I pretty much was on staff with them and did everything they did and learned learned what it was like being in in, in the hospital setting and everything they did. So, so, so. In, in your area, outside of your home, like in, in, in your town, because I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I've never heard of, outside of you telling me where you're from, I never I never heard of it. Right. And uh, so, in that area, tell me about the area you live in, where there are a lot of people aspiring to be in that medical field. Is it something that you can say, all, most of your friends that you grew up with in that area have also branched off and did things like this, or are you seeing that everyone has lived and um, has, um, Come to, come to themselves in different ways in their in their adulthood, or going to different professions, or not going to different professions, or you know, who, back then, can you look back and say, wow, are you are you a product of where you came from? Did you step out of where you came from? What like? Right. Tell me a little bit about that. I, I would say I'm a product of where I came from because of my parents. Yeah, and you know education. Yeah. Um, I would say influence of being able to see other things. Um, I, I would say what drove everything from the beginning was me wanting to be an EMT. Mm-hmm. That was, and and believe it or not, the reason, the two reasons was Rescue 911 and my neighbor's uniform. I kid you not. Mm-hmm. Crazy as it may seem, the uniform was very cool. I was like, I want to be in a uniform like that. Mm. 
So, 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 I was like, so the friends you grew up with, what, what are, are they? So my friends that I grew up with, mm-hmm. I mean, we all, it, it's, it's crazy because even though it's a small town and a small community, you know, you have Grandland State University there, mm-hmm. there is an opportunity to do a lot. Yeah. But it's also easy to get caught up in in being comfortable in Grambling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Meaning, um, my graduating class, we had a small school. My graduating class, there were 43 of us. Mm-hmm. Five of us left the, five of us left Grambling. And I want to say only maybe two of us left the state. Oh, wow. To go to school. And then not all of us went to college. Okay, okay. So with the same opportunities that we all had, it it really, when you look back, you have to look at the home that we came from. Mm, okay. You know, yeah. so a lot of people... They didn't have an example Mm. in their home, Mm. even though it was around them. And, you know, there was a college on campus. I mean, we grew up on a campus. So college education was right there. You knew what it was about. Mm. And uh, so I would say for for us, it was your parents. It was the people you hung out with. Um, That's what drove us to do what they did or better. Nice. nice. So. so pretty much everyone didn't go out and say, you know, we're going to do something great. You know, oh, no. a lot of people got everybody. comfortable. But the people that you chose to hang around with, you know, the outside of even your, your parents, um, you know, you know, they set the staple. They set the foundation for you guys. Yeah. But even the people that you chose to hang around with, they also were pushing you to be better. Whether, yeah. no matter what they did, they were pushing you to be better. So, I mean, yeah. the thing is, what we have a lot of a lot of students that we talk to and especially in the in the uh, Baltimore area where you know they say hey we're mm-hmm. from the city we don't see um, you know you gotta you gotta remember I remember one, one, one student was telling me oh you gotta remember that I'm from the city you know we don't get these opportunities I remember him. we don't get this type of stuff you know what are you gonna say to the person that lives in the city and I, and I try to tell him I say hey you yeah you're a product of your environment and but you gotta remember your environment is not just where you live but your environment is right. either what's in, what goes down to what's in your mind like what are you what are you doing what are you pouring into yourself you know what are you watching on TV you say you were watching a show Rescue 911 you know that was for him to say hey that's what I wanted do when I get older, you know? Right. Nowadays, and, kids aren't listening, aren't watching things like that. Right. And, and, to, and if it's not enough for you to want to do better because you saw your friend got shot mm. or you saw a drug deal go down or you saw prostitution or you saw your mom and fa- mother and father fighting or actually that's not your father, that's somebody else's father. If that doesn't influence you, so what there isn't, you know, an example in front of you? What I mean, what more do you... That right there in itself should want you to be able to get out of that environment and do better. Yeah. So um, I, I think we have to stop looking at... Uh, you just have to want, want it for yourself no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to want it. You know, you have to say, I want to do better and find and seek somebody that is doing what you want to do mm-hmm. and, 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 uh, and, 
and learn that trade. Learn, learn how to, you know, if you want to be a barber, you go find a barber and say, hey, teach me. Yeah. Especially if you don't have the means to pay for school. Yeah. No, that's key. That's key. You know, you, you have to want it to to be able to do what you want in life. That's key. And and um, I, I remember Cosby's show. The guy, he was, he had the same. I don't think he knows anything about that. He had the reruns. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the Cosby Show, right? There's an episode where uh, Bill Cosby goes to a youth center and he's talking to young black men, right? And they're all from the city, New York, and or wherever you know borough they were from. And they were like, "Hey, man, you know, I gotta pay my child support." And they're like 18, 19. And they're like, "I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Ain't got no job." And Bill's like, "Well, what kind of job you want?" He's like, "Well, I want a job like you." He's like, "Well, I'm a doctor." He said, "Well, yeah." He said, "Well, do you go to school?" No. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can't be a doctor if you don't go to school. So, and he's like, "Okay, well, what do you really want to do?" He's like, "I want to be a lab technician." He said, "Well, listen, find out what it takes to be a lab technician and do it. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. Yeah, no, that's so deep, it, it requires some." effort and a drive and a push for somebody to do what they want to do yeah yep, that's key now we got so 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 we know what you do on, uh and well we you told us a little bit about what you do you know in terms sure, of sure. Um, uh, you are pretty much almost the a name. doctor, but right. without the pay, you said. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm being a physician assistant has uh, many levels to it. Yep. So I'm a, I'm a PA in vascular surgery. Mm-hmm. So what I do is hey, pretty don't, don't much. Don't lose me with the vocabulary. Don't lose you. Okay, so I'm a PA that deals with the vessels in your body, such as your your arteries and your veins. That's what I do. Wow. So I, I operate and diagnose patients with diseases that deal with the arteries and veins. Wow. Wow. So. Um, so what does that look like every day? Like you going into an office, you know, you sitting so, down in a lab. Like what do you? So my full time, I have two jobs. My full time job is um, in an outpatient setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see all the patients that have either been operated on or need operation or have some type of medical condition that needs to be seen on a yearly basis or every six months, whatever the case may be. So in other words, individuals that may have uh, vascular disease such as arterial insufficiency, so that's the blood going from the heart to your, your legs, or they have peripheral venous insufficiency, that's the blood returning back up to the heart or they have carotid disease that's the arteries in your neck that can cause someone to have a stroke or they have renal disease so they are on kidney dialysis and they need to have a dialysis implant uh, what we call a fistula so they can be on dialysis those are the type of patients that I see gotcha um, okay I also, before I got into vascular surgery, I used to do, um, my first job as a PA uh, was in general. So I've been in surgery my whole 11 and a half year career. But I've done trauma, I've done general surgery, I've done thoracic surgery, um, and I've done breast surgery. So those are the main five surgical entities I've been in. 
in my 11 and a half year career with vascular surgery only in the past three, five years. Wow, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. That's amazing. So what what type of one thing we didn't hear from you is. Uh, Do we, I'm sorry to interrupt. Do we ever introduce our guests? What, what guest? Donnie? A sister? No, not yet, not yet, not yet. Oh, okay. Not yet, not yet. We're gonna we're gonna get it. We're gonna pull her in. We're gonna pull her in. I'm gonna ask her one more question, and then we're gonna okay. pull her in. All right. So uh, I got one more question for you, um, Donnie, sure. and I appreciate your time of coming on and just sharing what you do and just your experience. But mm-hmm. you know, you know, we hear, you know, what you do, and for a lot of students, they they don't connect to it. You know, they think that you know uh, it takes special type of people to be able to do these type of things, right? <laughs> Now, I want I want to be able to in this show just ex- expose the fact that you're a regular person, right? So, what do you yeah. what do you do for fun? Man, the best thing that I do for fun is if I could be on a golf course, I would be on there every day <laughs> playing golf. Playing golf is number one. Yeah. Number two, um, I. I picked up cycling. I haven't, you know, um, gotten all the way into it, but I just started cycling. And then for medical reasons, you know, I, I feel that if I'm going to tell my patient to lose weight, I got to make sure I look like that person that has lost weight too. Wow. So, yeah, I like that. I like that. So trying to be an example with to my patients. Um, and Ricky, you know, number three, uh, playing my guitar, man. Yeah. Yeah, playing the guitar. So, and outside of that, you know, I I didn't mention my family. I have two boys, six and four, a little girl who's six months, mm-hmm. and my wife. So being with the family too, and just having people over, cooking. I mean, I I would have people over Friday if you know I didn't have family coming in. You know, just just barbecues, whatever. Yeah, he's a cook. He's a cook. Definitely a cook. That's I thing. see. That's one I thing see. that he yeah. left out, man. He's a cook, man. This guy, he'll yeah. go in. Can, can, you, uh, can you testify for his skills? Oh, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, so, yeah. Definitely. But, um, I'm, like you said, I'm a regular person. Um, I love, like, I just love having fun, joking around, hanging with my friends, hanging with the family. You know, the, the most important thing is, you know, you have to take time out for yourself and for your family, no matter what you do, because, you know, you have it. It brings me joy to come home from work and see my family and being able to relax. So that's, you know, like I said, if I can go play a round of golf in the morning, I'll do it. Awesome. So. awesome. Well, yeah, man, go ahead and introduce our next guest we got on the line. Hey, uh, Donnie, I want to introduce you to my sister. She's uh, in pre-nursing right now at Towson University. Let, let, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm sorry. You said you were born in 93? Yes. So she was born in 2003? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking. Now I'm nah, she, was, <laughs> she was born in uh, 96. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that make you feel better. No. <laughs> so I know how old she is. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? Next week? Birthday next week? Yeah. Wow. Um, so she's doing pre-nursing at Towson. Nice. Her name is Taylor, so she's on right now with us. What's up, Taylor? Hey. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? 
hey, I'm happy to be here. I can't. This is this is amazing. I said, I wish I could be here every night. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So Taylor, how you doing today? Good, good, good. Thanks for joining us on the call today, man. We um, so t- tell us a little bit about what you're what you're doing in school, and then if you have any questions for Donnie here, you know, just go right ahead and just ask him. Um, so right now, since I'm pre-nursing, I'm just getting my prereqs out of the way, mm-hmm. um, and I'll be applying for the actual program for Towson in the spring. And I also applied for University of Maryland School of Nursing for the mm-hmm. fall. Oh, okay. um, so depending if I get into Maryland or not, I'll do the spring for Towson. I work at University of Maryland too, teach online, just to let you know. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got any questions uh, for uh, Radani or? Um. In case I didn't miss it, I wanted to know what what made you choose your profession? Is it something you always wanted to do? So what made me choose being a PA, uh, I was telling your brother and Ricky and everybody out there, it, it stemmed from um, a couple of things. One was, I, you know, looking at my brother and how he was doing in school and how things went and, you know, it was stressful. For I mean, he, he's a very smart, intelligent person, not saying that I couldn't do it, but I just knew that wasn't for me. I guess it was because I want to hang out more with people and party, and so I was like, yeah. But I did know that as when I was younger, I wanted to be an EMT, and when I looked up being an EMT and paramedics and what they did, you know, to further their careers, mm-hmm. being a PA was second. Um, or on that list. Um, so me researching what a PA did and everything, I was like, oh, okay, I, I could do that. And being able to follow a PA around, um, I shadowed a PA and I was like, oh, very interesting. And, you know, they did everything I was looking to do, help people, have fun, um, affect someone's life, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, because being a PA, to be honest, is, or even in the medical field, you'll see you're going to touch somebody in a way that you never thought you would just by listening or taking care of them, mm-hmm. you know. You know, so I've had people sit in my office and just cry. I've had people that, you know, I've prayed with. And, and outside of me treating them, this this is just talking to them. Right. And, and being a PA allows us to do that. I mean, you'll hear and see so much research of how doctors are rushed. Um, they don't take their time. And that's not for all doctors, but in some specialties, that's how it, how it is. And the PA, though, for some reason we take our time you know right and being a PA has just been an awesome career for me it's it's catapulted me into other things you know I teach at Anne Arundel Community College I teach at University of Maryland online for their master's program for the PA students okay um I was a mentor at the hospitals for students so um but yeah that's how you know how my path started with being an EMT so, go ahead. I have a question. Um, how did you deal? Because I think this is going to be a very popular question when we get college students on. With I know you said you wanted to party and everything, but how did you do? How did you <clears throat> stay motivated 
when it came to those heavy distractions and heavy stress in college that made you want to quit? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I, <just forgot laughs> I didn't put you on the spot, but no, no. I, just, uh, I, I, I think you will see when you're in. That's a good question. It really is. <laughs> I think for me, it wasn't in college. I think it was foreshadowing of what medical school would bring. So I was like, okay, I don't study like that. (laughs) So I don't think that's going to be for me. I don't. And it's not saying that I, I settled. I just knew in order to do what you had to do to become a doctor at that point in time, I was like, that's not what I need. To, that's not for me. I was like, I and, and it's not only just what you had to do is the stress that they were going, you know, physicians are going through. Um, I didn't even know what kind of doctor I wanted to be. Honestly, I was like, I was actually following my brother's footsteps. That's what it was. And I was like, hold up. I need to do something for me. You know, I don't want to be a doctor because my brother's being a doctor. I need to find out what it is. So, like, you know, my brother, he didn't go out, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke. He was in the books 24-7, and that's what he did. And I was like, hold up, I do all the above. (laughs) (laughs) So, I'm just like, uh... No, but that's what I like because, you know, I think we have this image that people in your career field and a lot of the STEM majors and careers, you know, had this perfect, you know, that these 150 percent workers don't sleep ever. Right. You know what I mean? But you somebody who you like you say, you drink and party the things, but you still got into the field and you're successful in the field. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's. You have to have a, a, a discipline. You have to be disciplined. Right. For sure. Um, even in PA school, because trust and believe, when I say there is a weeding process in PA school, it is no, it is no joke. Uh, tell us about it. Give, give us an example of the weeding process. How many people started versus how many people finished? So in my class, there were 40, 30 that started. But 40, I want to say I started, maybe 30 of us finished. Mm. Um, That's still a pretty big class. Um, It's not too, too bad. Yeah. But they, that 10 quit early. (laughs) (laughs) So. That was probably intimidating. Right. So that 10 was like, uh, where did so-and-so go? Oh, they've been gone past two weeks. Like, just started four weeks ago. What are you talking about? So, yeah. Um, and then what it became was you started studying for tests because there was a test every week, every week, every week there was a test. That's the first year. Then the second year is what they call a clinical year. So now you're doing rotations. You're going to different sites and you're trying to learn how to do and find out what area of medicine you want to be in. The great thing about being a PA is if I wanted to work in the emergency room tomorrow, I could because I have some training. Being a doctor, you're limited to ER, internal medicine, dermatology, anesthesiology. You can't flip-flop like PAs. So that was the flexibility was, you know, intriguing too. I mean, most people, once they find out what they want to do, 
they generally stick with it. Um, it's very it's rarely that people cross over. Um, then you have rotations five weeks. My surgery rotation was thirty six hour call. So what that meant was I would go in at six in the morning. I would do 24 hour calls, so I was there till six the next day, and I didn't get off until six the following evening. Oh, wow. Woo. Wow. That was what was called 36 hour call. Wow. wow. And then, I, so if I was on Friday, I would do Friday and then get off Saturday. Then I would have to come, or worse was doing Sunday, being there all day Sunday, all night Sunday, then doing Monday morning and not going home until Monday evening. Mm. And they have to get up to go back Tuesday morning. Oh, wow. And you still studying. Wow. But but with all that, was that grind, was we... um define that as nowadays you know was that grind all worth it you know because oh, people would hear like man why, why, I want to be working all the time and I want to be or, or studying all the time or going through these clinicals and surgery and all, the, all that stuff you know um, was it worth it when you're looking back now was it worth it man Ricky it, it, it was so worth it and the reason I say it was worth it is because one I get to teach people what I do I get to do what I do and believe it or not, um, the surgery, being in a surgery, said, you know, it's, it's, um, what's, what's the, what am I looking for? Like when you, it's, when you're in high school, you got clicks and everything, you got the jocks and you got the nerds and you got the different groups in your, in your high school. Mm-hmm. Well, in the medicine field, if you think about it like that, the, the surgery realm or the, or the jocks, right? So we're walking up and down the hall looking like these cool people with our white coats, our scrub caps, and we can do whatever we want because if it's something that they need a procedure done, they'll call the surgical PA. Mm-hmm. I'll come do it. You know, oh, I need a central line. Okay, I'm there. Or I need somebody to assist me in the operating room. I mean, I, if I wanted to, I could actually do a surgery by myself. That's how many times I've operated. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I've been, I've assisted, I've assisted surgeons and like say, hey, watch out. Like made them, caught them from making a mistake pretty much. Wow. You know, you know, and it's, it's a gratifying, it's, it's, it's really, it's a humbling experience, but at the same time, it's very gratifying. Wow. Um, because now, you know, I don't take it for granted because a lot of people don't get this opportunity, and but it was worth it. And, and mind you, I went to PA school in New York, so I went from Gramlin, Louisiana, to Huntsville, Alabama, Gram- to New York. Gramlin, Louisiana. Yeah, I can hear it in his accent. <laughs> to, to New York. Right. So I'm like walking around, looking up at buildings like, dang, that's big, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was four years in New York were the best four years I could have spent. I mean, it opened my eyes to everything. Um, awesome. So I, I loved it. And 
being a PA is a great, great, great profession, especially if you embrace it the way it was meant to be, you know, the way it was created as far as founded. Um, I, I've actually gave, given a commencement speech to a PA school at a PA graduation. Oh, wow. Awesome. awesome. So, um, you know, I've had opportunities to do things. But, um, I have a mentor who was a program director that's helping me do stuff. So. I'm working on my PhD in public health, so it it opens the door for everything. And um, it's, it's to your question, yes, it was worth it. Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's 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 what's up, man. You know, we really appreciate your time, man, and, and just really just sharing some of your knowledge. Taylor, did you have any other questions? I don't want. I want to make sure you you got a PA right here that's been in the medical field, went through the whole grind. You know. Get whatever questions out now. Um, one question back to student life. Um, sure. How was, um, I guess, like, classes-wise, the process until PA school? So the process for, you know, getting my prerequisites was easy because I actually got a biology degree um, okay. in undergrad. So my prerequisites were taken care of. <laughs> The only thing, because PA school is so competitive, a lot of schools look for individuals that have some type of medical experience. Right. So you going into nursing um, puts you above a lot of people already. Um, so definitely continue that pathway because, I mean, you'll interact with a PA and I love nurses. Nurses, actually, I'm serious. I, I, told, I tell students this all the time. A nurse can make or break your day at work. Wow. Because if you treat a nurse bad, they'll call you for the stupidest things ever. <laughs> if, you treat, if you treat them great, you bring them donuts, buy them lunch, they don't bother you at all. And, and I've had nurses get me out of jams because they've done, nurses, I, there are nurses that have done, that can do what I do. And they have done what I've done longer than I've been alive. You know what I'm saying? So they've seen it, they've done it, and they know when something's not right. And they can help you in in making those clinical decisions to, you know, in whatever the case may be. So that's why I say I love nurses, man. It, it takes, I give it hats off to nurses because I refuse to change a cold brown. So, and if y'all want to know what a cold brown is. Yeah, I was waiting for you to mm-hmm. clarify that. <laughs> cold brown is, let's just say, an adult doing something, uh, having a bowel movement on themselves. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a cold brown. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> when I see it, I turn around. <laughs> oh, no way. It's a cold brown. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's Tyler, right? Taylor. Taylor, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm, I'm not good with names, but I got it now. Taylor, get ready yeah, to do I some cold rounds. I think I said it wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm messing it up. Taylor, Taylor. It, all right, yeah. guys. Well, what we want to do at the end of all these sessions is we want to leave our college students to come on as guests with some motivation to get them through the rest of the semester and the rest of their colleges that they uh, have to deal with. So first of all, I want to thank you, Donnie, for giving her some insight to what you do. And we're going to pass this on to Rick. 
hit us with that fire for this motivation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what Donnie was, was bringing to us today, man. And he said a lot. He had a lot of good nuggets in there. And one that I really want to expound on was this, that your environment, you know, a lot of... A lot of people say, you know, you are shaped by the environment and they look at the environment as something that they can't control, but you can control your environment. You know, yeah, you may not have uh, both of your parents. You may not uh, grew up in where education was a a key factor in your life. You may uh, or in the household, you may not have grown up in an area that had a great school, but there's resources around you and you can create uh, what you want. So you're not shaped by just your environment. You're in shape by the environment that you you create, you know, um, a lot of us want to just use the excuse of saying, oh, well, this is where I am. And, you know, no one else is making it where I'm at. You know, it's not for me, you know, but when you create that environment of who you want to be, one thing Donnie said was that, hey, he found he, he talked to a PA. You know, that's the most critical thing, man. Find someone that is doing what you have done. Uh Oh, that you want to do. I'm sorry. Find someone that, right. that is doing what you want to do and, and just learn from them. See, is this something that you want to do in your life? And then what you do is you start finding people that are like mine. They may not want to be what you want to be, but they're aspiring to be something in life. So what you need to do is say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take that principle. I am the average of the five people I surround myself with. And you go pick the five people that you want to surround yourself with. You say, hey, this is where I want to be 10 years from now. So I need to start aligning myself with people that I see that have the same mission. And I don't think that has to be the same exact thing. Everyone has to go. It doesn't have to be all nurses. It doesn't have to be all doctors. It doesn't have to be all engineers. But let it be something that you want to do, something that you want to be, something that's positive that can take you to another level. So, like I said, you are the you are the average of the five people that that you surround yourself with, and you are the product of the environment that you create for yourself. All right. So yeah, like I said, Donnie, man, it's been awesome having you on uh, tonight. And, uh, it's, it's been my pleasure, man. Oh, yes. And, and, and Taylor, that's what it is, right? Yes. Taylor, I got it right this time. Yes. All right, Taylor, it was so great having you on tonight as well. And, of course, man, my co-host, uh, Ian, man, uh, we're going to be coming back to you guys again next week uh, at the same time with a new guest. So stay tuned. And uh, we're so glad we're able to bring this podcast yes, to you. You've been listening to the STEM Dialogue. For more information and inspiration, check out rickyventures.com. The STEM Dialogue will return the same time next week. This has been brought to you by Ricky Ventures Enterprise.